handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Andrew Thompson here with me again. We're doing a video that we've done the last two years. We're going to do it again here for a third year. We're looking back on the 2020 Indianapolis Colts, talking about some guys that we think were overachievers, so guys who exceeded expectations that were placed on them in the 2020 season. And then also guys who were underachievers, right? So guys who we had high expectations for potentially didn't live up to it for one one reason or another. Um, so Andrew, I'll let you start here. We'll start with the overachievers. I'll let you name your list of the guys that you have of your overachievers. Then I'll go. Then I'll do the same for underachievers. And then I'll finish this out with my list of underachievers. So uh, without further ado, man, take it away. Okay, so for my overachievers i have julian blackman uh, jonathan taylor and philip rivers uh to me you know you look at julian blackman coming in as a rookie taking the spot of malik hooker you know i think given the circumstance i think he played exceptionally well jonathan taylor sort of had a couple games towards the beginning of the season where we were kind of like eh, this isn't really what we saw at wisconsin and then by mid you know late season he started picking things up and ended up being third in rushing uh, in the entire NFL, which is impressive to do, uh, especially as a rookie. And uh, like I mentioned, especially given the shaky start that he had toward the beginning of the season. And then uh, my third guy, as I mentioned, is Phillip Rivers, which may surprise a lot of people, but to me this is a no-brainer. He was coming off of a a 20-interception season uh, in 2019 with the Los Angeles Chargers. You insert him into a Colts offense with a better offensive line, a, a sound running game, and really talented receivers and tight ends, and he's got 24 touchdowns to 11 picks and 4,000-plus yards. Uh, helped lead the Colts to, obviously, as we know, an 11-5 record, and it almost came back to beat the Buffalo Bulls in that playoff game. Uh, he played exceptionally well, given the uncertainty going into this season. I know a lot of people, for obvious reasons, were a bit skeptical, but um, he certainly certainly exceeded expectations. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, just the outrage of people last year. If, if I would have posted something, posted the question, should the Colts go after Phillip Rivers or sign Phillip Rivers, majority of Colts fans would have said no at this time last year. But the Colts obviously knew what they had in Phillip Rivers and knew what they could potentially use him for. And they brought him in, and look what happens. You know, you go from a 7-9 and nine team to an 11-5 and five team. So I definitely like that. I know you had a couple uh, honorable mentions as well here, Andrew, for this list. What are those honorable mentions? I do, Cody. Uh, the honorable mentions for me are Isaiah Rogers and Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I think Rogers. I did a podcast recently with Derek. Um, so be sure to check that out if you haven't already, guys. And I think Rodgers, especially towards the back half of last season, when he got a little bit more playing time uh, because of Rocky scenes and consistencies, and then in that playoff game, uh, I think when Rhodes went out for a couple of snaps, he, snapped, he stepped in. Maybe it was Usain. Either way, Rodgers, in my opinion, showed 
a lot of potential uh, towards the back half of last season. And I think that, uh, as I mentioned in that, the other video or podcast rather with Derek, I think if you doesn't play well uh, going into this 2021 season, that Rogers has a potential to take Rocky Scene's spot. Uh, and then as far as Xavier Rhodes is concerned, um, similar to Phillip Rivers, obviously plays cornerback instead of quarterback, but still that was, in my opinion, a little bit of a concern going into the 2019 season because you didn't really know what you were going to get in Rhodes. And he came in uh, with Jonathan Gannon, the defensive backs coach, who prior to uh, moving on to a different team this offseason, came in from Minnesota, which I think sort of sparked Rhodes' interest. He came in, had two or three interceptions, uh, had that really, really good game against the Jets, that pick six to start off the game, and then another interception just a few drives later. Uh, and for the most part, played fairly, fairly well, uh, and in my opinion, 100% deserves a contract extension from the Colts this offseason, without question. Yeah, I like that list. I think I think we're going to have some that kind of you know cross as well. So I'm going to give my list here. So my three overachievers that I have here: Julian Blackman, undoubtedly third round pick. Didn't even know when he was going to play. Thought it might not be till maybe October, November, but he came in. Didn't really miss a game. Like he came in in week two. He's already making plays. And he undoubtedly was probably the biggest overachiever based off of, you know, kind of the uncertainty around him, around the injury, all those things. I think Julian Blackman really, really exceeded expectations in a lot of ways. I I agree with you on Xavier Rhodes. He also makes my list here. Funny enough, all three of my guys are defensive backs. TJ Kerr is the other guy that I really thought impressed me. Because, you know, when you sign a guy like TJ Carey a little bit later in the offseason, you don't really think a whole lot about it, right? You're just like, oh, another quality depth piece. So, you know, you looked at his age, you're like, eh, nothing. But I thought overall, especially considering um, how so many people I remember were saying, like, he can't play the outside corner. He can't play the outside corner. And he really did. When, when called upon, he played really well on the outside. So I am really, uh, really was impressed with him. I was really impressed with all three of these guys. Some of my honorable mentions, Tyquan Lewis, I have to throw that out there, especially considering at this point last season, we would have said, if you had to make us guess who were some potential like surprise roster cuts, I would probably put Tyquan Lewis's name on there. But uh, he, you know, he wasn't like, oh my goodness, Tyquan Lewis, but he was a solid rotational piece. And that's all you can ask for with a guy like Tyquan Lewis right now. I mean, you know, it's it's so much better than the expectations we had on him. He just doesn't make this list because he didn't have like a oh my goodness type of season like a Julian Blackman, Xavier, even TJ Carey to a degree. So I put him on there. And also one of my honorable mentions as well, it's actually two players, the six round rookies from this year, minus Desmond Patman. So that being Isaiah Rogers and Jordan Glasgow, both these guys contributed a lot on special teams, right? You think of Rogers return in that Cleveland game for a touchdown from a kick returner standpoint. And then you think also Jordan Glasgow on that blocked punt, I believe it was against Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken, has that had that blocked punt completely changed the momentum of that game. So both these guys made key splash plays on special teams. And for six-round guys that you really don't know what to think of them, I mean, that's all, all you can ask for for some of those guys. And you mentioned Isaiah Rogers showed a little bit of potential there at the end of the season, too. Like, maybe he can be just more than a kick returner, you know? Maybe he can be a quality corner in this league. So... Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. All right, let's move on now to the underachievers, Andrew. So give me your list of underachievers. Give me Then after that, give me your honorable guys, dishonorable mentions, I guess we can call them in this episode with this category. Give me your guys who you believe are underachievers. So guys who did not meet expectations in 2020. 
Well, for me, Cody, I think this first one is fairly easy, and I think we agree on, on this one as, as we have with our other selections here. Uh, my first guy is Rocky Sin. Hmm. You, you know, high expectations, I think, going into this season uh, because of the kind of flashes that a lot of Colts reporters had seen during training camp when we had a preseason two years ago, as crazy as that sounds, obviously given COVID <laughs> and everything, we didn't have one this year. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think, expectations for him going into this season, pairing him with Xavier Rhodes, uh, I thought was going to be potentially really helpful, learning from a vet who's been an all-pro before, who's who's a multiple, uh, several-time pro bowler. And I think that uh, he just underachieved. I mean, there's, there's really, in my opinion, there was no other way to say it. Um, he was poor. He had a, a, a decent game against Green Bay, I thought, that one interception where he sort of, just jumped whatever route it was. I don't even remember. Yeah, the Green Bay game, I believe it was. Yeah, it was a really athletic play on Usain's part, but then after that, yeah. he was. I mean, he was picked on. I mean, mm. Aaron Rodgers just said, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna target you." And he had a pass interference, I think, right before the end of the first half, which ended up giving the Packers even more points. And and he's just just kind. Of, it was like a roller coaster kind of season for Usain, and I don't really think much more needs to be said. Uh, about him my two other uh underachievers and then i'll get to my as you mentioned uh, cody dishonorable mentions uh, are marlon mack and ben banagoo uh, marlon mack for the obvious reason that you know he did not play given the week one injury versus jacksonville uh, he's been extremely extremely consistent even going back to his rookie season in that really really just awful 2017 uh season where the colts were, went four and 12 i think one of the brighter spots yeah. was Marlon Mack's play, uh, and then Ben Banigou, similar to like you mentioned earlier, Cody, with Tyquan Lewis last year, where <laughs> yeah. I think Chris Ballard said, you know, hey, you're not really giving us what we expect of you uh, on the practice field or on the field, and so we're going to have you take a back seat for the time being. And hopefully for Banigou's sake, that's a, that's a learning moment for him. Uh, that's not to say that he's not a bad player. He's a second-round pick. I think I think uh, Ballard and Eberflus had – several ideas uh, that they were hoping to sort of bring in or implement when they drafted Banigou, that being potentially putting him at Sam linebacker, or obviously as we've seen uh, most of the time when he's on the field at, at defensive end. Now, I, I, can, I know I speak for, I think, a lot of Colts fans when I say that one of the biggest inconsistencies this year for the Colts was their pass rush, and the hope is that Ben Banigou can sort of transform uh, and improve from a production standpoint to help improve the Colts pass rush. Um, yeah. My dishonorable mentions are uh, Kamoko Ture. Similar reason as to Marlon Mack. Didn't really come back till midway into the season. We really thought, given what we had seen through the first two or three weeks uh, of the 2019 season, especially in that Sunday night game against Kansas City, boy, did he show out. Mm. We thought that he was sort of going to bring that same spark to the 2020 Colts team or the 2020 Colts defense rather. And we don't, I don't really think he was completely healthy. Um, I know he says he was, and I know the Colts say he was, and I certainly don't want to go against, you know, what they had to say, but just from what I saw, just from an uh, eye test, if you will, I didn't really think Teray was hundred percent healthy. He didn't really provide that spark that I was thinking or that we, that many fans thought he was going to bring, uh, excuse me. And then Marvell tell, uh, obviously, given the situation with COVID, he chose to opt out. 
Um, I was fairly high on him, I think, as were you and Derek and many others as well. After that 2019 season, I was telling Derek the one play that really stood out to me from that 2019 season that Marvell Tell made within the Steelers game, where I think the Steelers were up by a touchdown or maybe 10 points, I can't remember, and they had the ball at their own 20-yard line, and then Marvell Tell, you know, the Colts were in desperate need of a turnover, and Marvell Tell just put his helmet on the ball and it made a play, and I thought, okay, you know, sometimes there's just that one play that it, that a defender makes or that a player makes, and you think, okay, maybe this this player has something special that we don't know of. You know, maybe they've unlocked some sort of special talent, I guess, um, that that sort of takes everybody by surprise. And I sort of thought with Marvell Tell, even though, you know, you may think, well, you know, taking the ball away is sort of a defender's job. I just thought that I just thought that the way uh, he played in that game and then throughout the rest of that 2019 season showed me that there's maybe a little bit more there uh, than than what we maybe expected of him. So for me, those are my mm-hmm. underachievers. Okay. Yeah, and, and people need to keep in mind, Marvell Tell was a free safety in college, right? So that was his first year uh, transitioning to corner. So he definitely had some bumps and bruises, but uh, I, I liked what I saw from him too. I agree. From a physical standpoint, he is definitely off the charts there. Um, I kind of want to defend Kamoko Ture really fast because you had brought him up. I do believe that Chris Ballard has come out and said that Ture was not 100% on his return, uh, just to clear that up for anybody who may have heard that and uh, just just so people know that. Um, but I'll get to my list now. Uh, I do have a couple guys that you mentioned, Rocky Sen, Ben Banigou. It's unfortunate, man, that th- those second-round picks from 2019 are kind of struggling, whether it be, you know, for a variety of reasons, whether it just be not getting on the field, inconsistency, injury. It's just been an unfortunate for the first couple of years for a lot of these guys. Hopefully they can turn it around here in the 2021 season. Both those guys make my list. One guy that we haven't mentioned is Anthony Walker. Now, I know Derek loves Anthony Walker, and he will tell you, he will talk your ear off. He said it to me about how much he loves Anthony Walker. But honestly, I am not like the most impressed by Anthony Walker as a player. Now, I get it. He's a great locker room presence. I totally understand that. He's a great leader. Darius Leonard loves him. So, Darius, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. (laughs) But saying that, it seemed like the only time we really talked about Anthony Walker this year was when he was getting exposed in coverage, right? I mean, you think about the Cleveland game stands out to me especially, right? When literally Cleveland just targeted him the entire drive with their tight ends, and they just drove down the field and scored. And, you know, that's always been his Achilles heel a little bit, but I feel like it was even more like, exposed this year for whatever reason and so the Colts are obviously gonna have to make a decision on him whether or not they want to bring him back and I'm kind of like torn on him like you know what it depends on the price like we talked about it off air really depends on the price to bring back Anthony Walker but uh he definitely I feel like his limitations I guess have been showed a little bit they were really shown in 2020 in my opinion so he makes my list just barely and then my other three guys that I have are all guys I think that we mentioned. If not, they're they're really all guys that just struggled with injuries this year. And uh, none of these guys' names should come up as a surprise to people because the last couple years they've dealt with their share of injuries now, each being a little bit uh, different in severity. Malik Hooker, Paris Campbell, and Marlon Mack, all three guys that – you know, we thought we're going to be key pieces this year potentially to this Colts team, especially maybe Paris Campbell and Marlon Mack. Uh, so it, for that reason, uh, I just have them here on the underachieving list because there's a lot of hype around both those guys. 
and they just, because of injuries, they didn't get to see the field, and that was just a big bummer. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for our list. That'll wrap it up. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on, talking about this. I'm sure we'll have some people who uh, don't like our list, and that's okay. But for those people who are listening, be sure to give us any other guys you think potentially we missed on our list. Give us some other guys you think maybe overachieved or underachieved. Let us know in the comments, because there are more that we didn't talk about, right? More that we didn't touch on. Be sure to to let us know in the comments. But uh, for Andrew and myself, thanks guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts! Yeah.